Welcome to the FinTV podcast series, where we tap into the collective expertise of the world's leading supply chain, manufacturing, and digital innovators. My name is Maria Villablanca, the co-founder and CEO of Future Insights Network, and I'll be your host. Join us every week to hear the opinions, lessons, and general guidelines from the industry's leading minds. FinTV, insights for today's digital leaders. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of FinTV. We are very lucky today to have Dr. Max McEwen, who is a strategist, who's an innovator, a speaker, a coach, a psychologist, to talk to us today. Max, thank you so much for coming on the program. Really appreciate it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Excellent, Maria. Well, Dr. Max McEwen, my whole focus with my research, my clients, really from being a little boy in North London, was a Sesame Street child, was how do humans shape the future? I'm always interested in that. So how have our ancestors shaped the present in which we live? And then how can we choose essentially parts of the future that we want or look to the future that we want and shift our behavior now and see if we can maybe get more of the future that we want with, it, with active choices? So, so that's my focus in my books. Uh, and in my my research degrees and my research that continues my psychology and everything else. So so that's me. And I work with mainly really, all sorts of people read my books, but I work with very large global companies, including logistics and pharma and uh, high tech, retail, manufacturing, government, all focused on, you know, when they've got 50, 100, 300,000 workers and they're really trying to figure out complex things, why I love that is that it's a, it's a complex problem to solve, which I love intellectually, but then also, of course, it's valuable if you can shift it by one or 2%. And so that, that's very nice for me uh, in my work. How can you shift what we do now in some way? Because I deal with very clever people, and yet you still have to be able to contribute something to them, like your audience, I'm sure. Very smart people know their business, but have they got all the answers? Would they like something a bit better or a lot better? Absolutely. Thank you for the, the introduction. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. We are, talk about living in complex times right now. You know, we, do, we don't want necessarily the COVID-19 uh, topic to dominate everything, but it, it really is dominating everything right now. So how do our humans today shape the future, given the circumstances? Well, COVID, or actually we'll come back to it, but COVID or SARS-2, COVID-19. That, mm. That's interesting to me, first of all, because essentially SARS, this current COVID, it's a sequel. It's it not, you know, it's part two of SARS. So you had supposedly a wake-up call all those years ago, and uh, some people have responded to it, and some people have not. And some people were close to the original, and some were not. And some people said, hey, I see how it's a problem in Asia, but I don't see how that's a problem for me because I'm in the US or I'm in the UK or I'm in Italy. I just don't see why that's got anything to do with me. It's a problem for over there. And really we're dealing with a sequel. And that's right at the heart of adaptability really and strategy is saying there are moments of learning and we can grasp from those lessons and do something now to prepare for the future based on the experience of other humans, our ancestors, our cousins. I mean, for me, our family, 
and you can look back so right now you shouldn't really be looking at somebody who has no experience of it you should be looking back and say but what, what did they learn what from that wtf moment what did they do that is different to the way that led to one group or organization or company being more successful than another and learn from that and that's where that's where you take your first templates from so to, in that sense we we shape the future by I mean, I'm, not, no, I'm talking at length here, but I, I'm kind of a philosopher strategist. I take information from everywhere, from biology, yeah. from science, from real yeah. life, from people, but also from philosophy. And when Sartre says, the French philosopher says, we are free to choose or we are condemned to choose, what he's saying is, where, where I, I go on from that, is that we're only free to choose to the extent that we are aware of our choices and we are confident in making them. So if you want to know how to shape the future better, you say, I am able to make better choices if only I was aware of better choices. So I must seek better choices from what worked in the past and what didn't work in the past and from curious, obsessive people who've been working on cool things. And we weren't working on cool things. We were just doing business as usual. And so you have to sort of combine those two and then you are freer to choose and to choose better. Uh, and that's another way in which we shape the future by extending our choices. I'm trying to think about this in the application of someone who's running a supply chain or a manufacturing plant yep. or something like this. So in, in, speaking in their vernacular, you make better decisions based on, on having a curious mind. That's, a, that's yep. an important thing. Having a curious mind, seeking out answers, and that might be with data. You know, data of everything around you, data in places that you weren't even looking before, perhaps collaboration so speaking with other people that are doing cool things it sounds like you know not necessarily looking in the same place for the same answers because you're going to get right you're going to get the exact same answers you had before and maybe some sort of diverse thinking you know a lot of these a lot of these supply chains are now faced with a reality that is just unprecedented just we aren't in territory that i think people haven't been in in a long time in time immemorial really so how important do you think it is to get diversity into your teams, curious minds into your teams. Is that something that you speak about? Absolutely. So, so you could have a, a range. If I was drawing, uh, you'll know that when I'm speaking, uh, I typically draw huge cartoon canvases. And the reason for that is not because the ideas are sort of childish, but because we need to be playful and memorable about connecting yeah. ideas. And I need people to feel their way into a real sort of scenario. So, so when I'm doing that, we're, we're, I'm always trying to help people move from sort of bloody islands to beautiful islands to paradise and avoid being sort of swamped and sunk and drowned by the waves of change. So in a sense, waves of change have always happened. I mean, I'm hearing this word unprecedented a lot, and I'm glad you brought it up, in that for you personally or for me personally, this is something very different. I've not experienced a lockdown in the UK before. However, people in the world have experienced lockdown before. Just a few months ago, China, if you're in Wuhan, you've had experience from that. So one of the things that I really am, for, and then before with SARS-1, before with MERS, so one of the things to really do, really focus on, is not how novel the situation is, but how there are lessons already learned that you can gain from. There are researchers who kicked into action in Australia, for example, who had been waiting for the big virus 
and they had plans already set out and budgets and everything so that immediately went into action so one learn from what it, the lessons that already exist don't overemphasize the novelty uh, you don't have time to invent your way out of all of this secondly i, I think in the logistics area and in trade this will continue logistics is one of those things that is protected in all these countries and they want more of it not less so you have to look for what is stable so lessons from the past that work and then look for what is stable and then for, from that you say what, what what's the gap if we want to move with strategy from where you are now to somewhere better that's strategy that's the the, the the fundamental if you want to do that then take a clear look at it and ask the big five strategy questions. Where are we? Where do we want to get to? How are we going to do it? What do we need to do? How should we measure progress? What's stopping us? What's driving us? Ask those fundamental questions and then look to, do, do we have the answers already from the past or our own experience or do we need new answers? And if you need new answers, that's when you need creativity and the obsessive and the idea you don't know. By identifying what you do know and getting on with it and then looking at what you don't know or you'd like to improve. I don't know, you're in, you're in the IT business and you don't know how to deal with the demand or you're in logistics and you don't know how to clean your cars remotely or, or something. The, the, the thing you don't know is where you need creativity. So look for what you do know and do it and look for what you don't know and then that's making new ideas useful. So that's where you do need ma mavericks and rebels and people you don't normally listen to. And you, you have to look to those and you'll often find those that they're working in small businesses because that's where they hang out, bring them in rather than shutting them out at the moment, I think is an important lesson. You're, you're probably saying no to everything new. You should actually reach out to them all and say, hey, advertising people, creative people, innovators, come in, not come in you know, physically, but let's virtualize it. And let's brainstorm every single day new ideas that solve the problems we have. So you combine necessity and curiosity, who are the parents of innovation and adaptability, the true parents. Well, let's talk about innovation. You know, some people would argue that in a time of crisis, innovation is sacrificed. How important do you think it is to be innovative now? Well, you think of every crisis situation. This isn't the first, is it? So this is a big, big deal, and we've got to do something different about it. Totally agree. But we have had world wars and famines, and there are wars going on right now with the, you know, lots of people dying in them right now, and there's poverty and there's disease. So this is not the first crisis. And you ask yourself, are you going to get out of your crisis by doing exactly the same things? Are you going to get out of your crisis by doing nothing? Are you going to get out of your crisis by doing a mixture of the things that work and new things? You don't get out of World War I by just running at machine guns. You have to do something new and eventually you have to find a peace. And it's the same for all of these things. You don't get out of polio by just built, making more braces for more legs. You have to get out of it by finding vaccines and then also by finding sort of more hygienic buildings and lifting people up. So it's very much, I think, both. Genius does both. Mm -hmm. So don't just choose just doing 
versus new ideas, you have to do both. This is your opportunity, you know, privilege of pressure. And in logistics, it's great because you're not out of business. Supply chain and logistics people are really truly in demand. They, they need to get their goods to different places from different places. They are a necessity for world governments, for uh, medical supplies, for getting through this crisis. So right now they are under a lot of pressure. I like what you're saying about taking the things that have worked in the past. So not ignoring that because it seems as though sometimes people are really black and white, aren't they? They're just yeah. either, either they'll throw out the rule book and say, okay, new situation, requires new rules and we're all going to innovate and do this uh, and only do this or they're just right this is what we've done in the past this is what our predecessors have done in the past maybe it's not been the exact same situation but it's been similar uh, so let's work only on that what you're suggesting is a combination of both and do you think leaders today have the necessary qualities to be able to think to adapt that way well okay, clearly some definitely do you know the, the world overall will be all right there's yeah. seven billion of us you know and we will be okay as a species after this so and our nations will be okay and so, so on so in answer to the question uh, a lot of leaders really do have that stuff they've got that flexibility uh, I, I should say if you are a leader of a business you should also if you're really at the top look for the people who are turned on by this essentially who previously have been a bit quiet or bored even, who have found life a bit dull or have been pushed out. So look for your rebels and your mavericks and they will have switched on and they have ideas that have been ignored or they have energy that has not really been. And those are the people you look to, not the people who are now feeling totally swamped. Those people, yes, raise up, give them stability, give them certainty, say, hey, Jeff, hey, Sue, your job is absolutely necessary, but just could you just focus on this, getting that thing from here to here? Don't worry about the rest. It's going to be okay. And then another person, you have to shift and say, hey, d d Hank, hey, d whatever, d Jemima, we, we need from you that creativity. I know you've got ideas. You know, I need something to bridge the gap between here and here. Can you, get, can you speed that up? Can you reach out to your partnership and your network and your, you know, your cool, weird people? Can you reach out to those? Just like really every disaster movie ever. You, you know, you've got the do the core and reach out to the weirdos. Uh, and I think you can do a mixture of both. As long as you remember, you need both. Do what works already and seek new ideas from people with new ideas. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about curiosity a little bit, because you do discuss curiosity, you know. Do you think that leaders today have the necessary curiosity to get us through this type of crisis? Or do you think that sort of curiosity gets stifled somewhere? Well, it definitely does get stifled. I mean, we kind of know that. If you, I remember moving up from London to, to the north of England, and I went from a creative school to a not creative school, and being, I reached out for a, a science handbook to, to pick it up without permission and was instantly told off. So, so you get that kind of, that, that, that environment where a lot of corporates, you get to the top by saying yes and doing what is required and having your face fit. And that does run counter to curiosity. In times of stability, doing what we've always done is a very popular move 
career-wise. And the unfortunate thing is that sometimes that leads to a whole stack from the top all the way to the middle levels for sure of compliance-oriented people uh, without much imagination who are quite startled by this, like a turtle if you flip it you know, onto its back or, or an ant if you sort of move its line. So, so yes, but there are again people who are creative and what they just have to do is say, let, let, let's organize this a little bit. Let's help our people who need stability have stability. And then let's look for the other people and give them their chance to shine. It, it is both and it doesn't have to be so all over the place. Write on a great big you know, post-it, a, a great big whiteboard and say, where do we want to get to? Where are we now? what works and where do we need creative solutions specifically and send out those questions specifically to your network and to your employees and say to them listen we are in the market for a solution to this and those people will go off and they will search and they will ask questions and they will come back with answers and they will prototype on paper and digitally and suddenly there will be a solution so you know go stability and then ask specific questions not not vague ideas, but specific. We need to solve this. And the people in our business who are very focused, they can come up with the questions. And the people who are really good at going off and creatively solving them can be focused. Now, necessity, curiosity combined. Genius does both. Necessity, curiosity, genius does both. Well, we, we're definitely in a time of necessity. You know, that's for sure. Uh, and I think I was just reading this morning about um, how they've open sourced the whole question about ventilators because obviously the world is worried at the moment about ventilators not producing enough and somewhere uh, don't know well, Ireland like, Ireland is one of them really it was a global network yeah the 3d yeah. printing there you and go so, yeah so, so we're talking about converting one existing product like a, a scuba mask for instance and converting that into a ventilator with the use of a 3d printed custom designed joining mechanism and yeah. then that can be printed out i mean that's a, a fantastic example so it goes from hobby yeah and the boss knows nothing about it or drones that yeah they were uh, nice to have but now they might be a necessary yeah. thing wouldn't yeah. you want drones to be able to link from the mainland to an island where there is no covid would you yeah. really want to take over a boat and load it with people you know, I don't know, so you can speed those things up. So I really think that idea that all those headings that you, you know in an organization, they usually have five or seven values. And one of them is innovation. And that innovation has a, a number of projects that are kind of casual and nice to have and not very important and their budgets get cut from time to time. And they have headings like robotics, 5G, AI, drones, and so on. And they're, in most organizations, nice to have. At Amazon, they're must-have. And it's your chance, really, to say that that column needs shifting up. You actually want action from all these things rather than non-action. So IBM going with Slack as a networking tool worldwide or relaxing, so making sure that every single person in the organization has a mechanism for talking to every other person in the organization digitally and that they have it instantly and that they have training and you focus all those stability minded people on upping their game. Say, listen, what I want you to do at the moment is to do that little bit of training so you know how to use the tool. And they go, check, conscientious, check. I'm feeling comfortable, check. I achieve something, check. 
And then on day two of a crisis, everybody's better armed. It's like that scene in a movie where everybody's being trained in how to sword fight, the men, women, and children in Lord of the Rings or something. And you train them how to do it. And then on day two, you have a bigger army. And I think you can do that kind of thing, upskill, 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 while working on the basics, while looking for answers to questions in the short, medium and long term that are more creative. I, I want to I go into something that you said, which is very, very, very important to keep in mind, isn't it? We are going to be okay. We are going to be okay. There will be damages. Of course, there will be challenges. There will be deaths. There will be damage to the infrastructure, to the economy, et cetera. But as a, as a human race, we will be okay. What do you think are, what does the future look like after this? If, you know, I'm asking you to predict the future. No, nothing mystical or anything like that. But <laughs> do you think that the new way of working, the things that have been introduced here, this, you know, the way that we've all come together and working from home, working remotely, do you think it's changed the paradigm or will change the paradigm? Okay, a few things. One, okay, I, I, I'm still going to introduce this. This is one of my books, yeah? Yeah. But because we're visual here, Here's yeah. another one, the strategy book. Um, the reason for mentioning these is that they're really, really useful at this point. Yeah. And people will potentially stop learning because they are too worried to learn and sharpen the saw. And this would be a big mistake. But in answer to your question a little bit, this is going to hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah. people are going to lose their jobs. People are going to die. People are going to get worried. People are going to get, they'll have mental health problems because they're isolated. I would like to shout out right now, by the way, to you need some empathy for extroverts, people who really need social contact, people who want to be in a club and a pub, people who want to exercise with their friends and play sport. Those people are going to really hurt. If you're introverted and you like your solace, you'll think, hey, this is not so bad. I quite like it, you know, extroverts. This is going to hurt. Uh, secondly, linked to this, um, understand change to make progress. This is a time to reach out to people who have thought about how change occurs and get better at it, not just assuming how change happens. Um, and then also, uh, not in a mercenary way necessarily, but transform this crisis into an opportunity. So what we will see here is that people are open to a kind, some people are going to be paralyzed by this, for sure. So you're going to have to help them with some stability and some encouragement and some purpose. Other people, though, they are open to some improvements, but the window will be limited. I mean, you will see in the U.S. at the moment, bipartisanship has not a, you know, emerged as a result of this at all. Mm -hmm. It's even more of a battle. They've got like zombie insects in their heads. Even right now, they can't find a way of agreeing. So... There's no certainty in improvement or progress. Change is inevitable, but progress isn't. So I suppose for the future, yes, one assumes remote working will stick around a bit more, but not really. Don't you think we're all going to want to get back in person? So I think it's going to be as well as. What we'll see a lot of is increased technology use for resilience and redundancy, that you will want to flip easier. We had 9-11 and we still haven't got all the resilient redundancy that we needed, right? We had that. Right. That was quite a WTF moment. And yeah. yet people still are struggling to turn on the digital. And we've had SARS-1 and people still struggle to do it. So there's nothing automatic here, but there is great opportunity. So if it was me, you'll find the people who are more digitally ahead will find this easier. 
they'll just flip. They already had a home office organized for these kind of conversations and they already knew how to talk to clients and they were doing video training and that was an option and they turned it up rather than down. And they did have a network of semi-autonomous transporter ships that are operating with skeleton crews and able to you know, move from one country to another country. But what about the unloading? So this is, this is not automatic change. This, uh, the automatic thing for humans is to do it. There's a bit of change. Most people go back to the way they were, more or less. They just have a scar tissue on their brain. But you as a nowist, you as a strategist, you as an innovator can say, this is energy. We are going to change. We are going to improve. We will be in a better position after this than before. We'll look after our people. We'll look after our customers. We'll keep our homes and our businesses afloat. But afterwards, our tech and our services will work more resiliently and work in case of crisis so that we can continue. You know, all of those things are important. Well, it's, it's funny because every single person that I have interviewed since this crisis has been going on inevitably lands on the subject of the unintended opportunities, the unintended possibilities and opportunities of what this crisis is creating. The fact that, uh, yes, you're right, it's very important to bring it up, this is going to hurt, but equally, the people that perhaps were more creative, that were more forward-thinking, innovative, maybe giving them a bigger voice, you know, having more diversity in the workforce to allow the curious minds to flourish and to maybe play with a few things, uh, in case something like this happens again. So that kind of diverse thinking and, is important. And it's, in, it's something that perhaps is an unintended consequence of the situation that we're, we're in right now. What other kind of opportunities do you think may emerge from something like this? And how, how, do, we have an op how do we as humans look to secure a future that will help us overcome these types of crises again? Well, I suppose that on the resilience and adaptability side, you're going to find some organizations who are, there's a construction firm in Japan that's been around for 1400 years, who have generation after generation figured out a way of staying whole and adapting to the situation. So you will find some organizations that were already highly adaptable, who had cultures often that are idea hungry, so they're, they're seeking out the maximum amount of change that is possible in an environment, as opposed to resisting all possible change and then being shocked. So that those companies are often great when the path ahead is straight. They just do the same thing, one thing, as efficiently as possible. They treat their people almost as badly as they can get away with. And those people, when they have these kind of shocks, there is no plan B there's nothing. The organizations who have always been treating their people well have got reserves, financial reserves, on behalf of their people and have figured out, hey, listen, if this, I remember Microsoft, I don't know the situation now, but at one time under Bill Gates, they always had at least, his rule was, one year's worth of cash mm -hmm. in the bank. And I know not everybody can do that. I, I get that. But they thought that way to say when times are hard, we will spend our money back on our people and make sure that they and their families are safe and keep idea hungry so that we're always at the, the edge of what is possible. So uh, I suppose um, going forward as a society, I hope that the idea of safeguarding the entire society because society is the economy. 
there is no economy without a society. Uh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, you want, we're seeing countries that were prepared like uh, Singapore, Hong Kong to some extent, who really thought ahead are in a better place now. Countries that have better health services are in a better place. Countries that were prepared for investing in what didn't seem important at the time, but is really crucial now. The, those countries who said, hey, ventilators, uh, we really need them. They might be wasted, but let's make sure we've got them in reserve. Those countries will do slightly better, and so it is with companies. So I think preparation, strategy is power, in my view. And a more strategic individual and a more strategic nation or organization says, what can I do now that will help me be better in a range of possible futures? Not just one, a range of possible futures from the very best I can imagine to the very worst I am prepared to imagine. And then they prepare for, for each of those and then up and down a bit. I'm not saying that's easy, but history teaches me at least yeah. that crap things happen to good people and yeah. to bad people and we've had world wars and crisis and famine and you know this stuff happens so think think memory cultural memory imagination what can i do now to be in a better place as a result of this than i would have been if it had not occurred that's resilient strategic resilience no, not mercenary i know there'll be people doing that just raising the price of toilet paper or you know the paracetamol there'll be those people but i'm talking about strategically how can i use this to be in a better position to know more people to reach out to to be better prepared to have more reserves to assume there will be i've been preaching wtf moments all my career up on stage wtf it's going to happen are you prepared but how about wtfn you know why the not how do you get creative about the future and say hey if this is going to happen what are we doing now let's prep in a creative way to create something better so that's what i hope the i think society, you're right yeah i think you're right i think uh, the adaptable leader that is uh, able to think about the wtf moments and think about how to prepare for them is something that's going to be very much in the mind of everybody moving forward um what advice, and I, I know we've gone over quite a lot, but, uh, and I'm sure there is a lot of advice and we could probably talk about it for hours, but what advice would you give leaders today that are in the eye of the storm, that are fighting fires, that probably, you know, might think, oh my gosh, I just do not have the time to be curious, you know, but, but how important is it? What advice would you give them right now? Well, some people will have zoned that out if they've got, you know, we've had a great conversation and everything, but some people will zone out anything that sounds like it's frivolous yeah they used to zone it out and they'll yeah. zone it out now I, I remember i know we've had lots of analogies to wars but the second world war we had uh, uh, hitler banned any project that had an output of less than six weeks and uh, the problem was the war went on longer than that so all the great projects that might have helped him i'm glad they didn't <laughs> all the great projects that could have helped him didn't you know occur uh, and in the, the, the Allied zone, they had much longer time zones for their projects and therefore, and a greater tolerance for creative weird people. I mean, if you get rid of all your, your outliers, you get rid of this kind of creativity and you will see afterwards, it will be a combination of those who can stay clear and calm 
plus the ability to look outside to better tools so they don't keep so it's not only you know the old cubby thing sharpen the saw it's not just sharpen the saw it's look for the electric saw you know it's not just hammer as fast as you can but you must do that it's also look for the hammer the, the nail gun yeah. so that you find a better way of doing it so, so one it will be those combinations i, I think um in answer this might seem self-serving but it's free so people should genuinely do it down people will stop being strategic at the moment they will go yes. full-on firefighting yes. or as i said paralysis and both of those so put out the fires or hit you know the um the, that that game where you're hitting the heads the whack-a-mole uh, the, the whack-a-mole yeah, whack, whack-a-mole whack-a-mole you know you're hitting them crisis 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 but actually those heads popping up are opportunities to do the thing better mm-hmm. and you have to allow them and there'll be creative people coming to you i'm sure with ideas and the busy leader tunnel vision leader will actually whack-a-mole them will mm-hmm. the best idea that could have helped them rather than saying hold on a second that's an idea baby that could help that superpower that could help me out of this situation wow so you actually have to i think train yourself to do the stable and to look at those idea babies presented as ugly you know and not finished yet and say listen i didn't think about this anymore but i've got to to prepare for the future and the free thing i was going to mention was just the uh, quick strategy canvas because people will avoid strategic thinking at the moment they need more of it not less you've got to fight it you want to curl up at home and eat ice cream and binge on tv and sure look after yourself you know from a psychologist point of view i'd say that that's good but you have to actually say i need an exercise regime and i've got to do creative you know productive work and i got to check my finances that's you individually you maria me max but equally for a, a leader or any employee or an entrepreneur I think you have to fight that instant urge to curl up in a ball or only hit whack-a-mole and instead get strategic. So download the quick strategy canvas mm-hmm. and people have been doing this and they've been, if they don't have a big printer at home, which I guess they don't, but what they do is they print it on lots of A4 sheets and they put that up on their, their board. I guess I could t- t- show you one, but they push up on their board and suddenly you have a much clearer view of the possibilities. And you say, where am I individually? Do that one. That will reassure you a bit. And say, where am I? What money do I have in the bank? Are my, ch- you know, where, are my children okay? What's the situation? Okay, that's good. Where do I want to get to? Family safe, uh, relatives safe, business strengthening, looking after customers. What do I need to do? What don't I know? What do I need to find out? How can I structure my life between what has to be done and then better ways of doing things that will place me in a better position. I mean, it would be a terrible, terrible thing to lose the ability to think at a time that requires the ability to think. And that's the only difference. Some of the best inventions, you know, necessity is the mother of inventions. Some of the best things have come out of crisis, haven't they? Some of the best ideas have come out of that. And I think resist the temptation is what you're saying to whack-a-mole and crisis manage and just hit, 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 hit all day long, take a step back, assess, you know, be strategic, assess the situation, be curious, be curious. I, I know we've been talking for, for, I mean, I've really enjoyed it, but just as an example of that, you've seen in the UK and other places, suddenly there'll be a photo of no bread 
in the yes. aisles in the supermarket. Or no, first of all, it was no toilet paper and then no bread. And people would purchase bread. And even though on either side of the sliced bread, there were all sorts of other breads. There were buns and there were specialty loaves and there were calories everywhere. But they'd only buy the sliced bread or they'd buy the toilet paper. And they didn't, when interviewed, people didn't even know why. They just told you, oh, well, I assumed there was diarrhea with this new virus, or I assumed there was this, or there was a shortage, and there was no shortage ever. So everybody, if you think of that as ideas, the supermarket is a supermarket of ideas, people will go for the same idea when there's a supermarket full of different ideas that are better. And that's your opportunity. Mm -hmm. So rolling back to Sark, your opportunity is to find more ideas and choose better ideas. And from those, I mean, ready prepared ones, not ones you have to do any work on. Yeah. And suddenly you discover the joy of uh, a different flavor and the opportunity that that brings. That, that's what I'd ask people to do. Don't just work by habit, live by hypothesis. Test it out, see if it works, test it out again. It's a better way to live. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Dr. Max McEwen. Please hold up your books again. I want to make sure that people, okay. people okay. see them and... Let's do this. This is now. Yeah. This is all about the psychology of always moving forward. Post-traumatic growth. Yeah. What to do in a crisis, how not to, to be paralyzed. I wrote this a couple of years ago, but um, fairly important. You know, you can only do something in this moment to prepare yeah. for here. So yeah. you need to downgrade your worry. Only look at the news for five minutes a day maximum. You're not going to learn anything more than five minutes. You know, yeah. so, so that one. The innovator's book which yeah. is the prettiest book on innovation that has ever been written. Yeah. Um, so it's full of that idea that every day you can just pick up a bit, look at a photo, look at a principal and go, you know, with your team, have a little team meeting and say, hey, here's an idea. What do we think about that? Let's talk. Um, or the, uh, for instance, the strategy book, this is the 10th anniversary edition, and it's got all those tools in it. And again, it's an opportunity. We know that the more people connect what they do today with a better future versus a worse future, the more they're able to motivate themselves to do effective work or take effective action, if you wish, to place themselves in a better position in the future. That's been our history. I'm sure it will be our future. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Max McEwen. This has been very enlightening. I think we are taking away quite a lot of valuable information here. Stay curious, uh, be adaptable, be strategic collaborate with people, uh, and not just learn from the past, but also uh, look at new ways of doing things as well. So all of those things together. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on FinTV. Hopefully we'll see you very soon. It's been a real pleasure. Love to thank chat you. with you. Thank you. Yeah, Take care. Likewise. You too. Bye.